0: Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining us on Igniting Courage podcast. I'm very excited to bring this interview to you. My very courageous friend, Zonda Grant, who is a divorce recovery coach. And if anybody who's been through it knows... Even if you're the one doing the leaving, it's not easy. And recovering your own sense of self and the thought that you will be loved again and everything is a challenge. And so I was very excited to bring Zandra in, not only to share her courageous journey, which was courageous in a very, very quiet way, but also to share how she helps other people gain courage through this journey of divorce recovery and how she helps them move on to a brighter future. So I hope you all enjoy well, Zondra
1: Grant, what a pleasure to talk to you today. Welcome to Igniting Courage Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Anne. I am so ecstatic and honored that you invited me. We come back some years and I was just excited over the app. I am so happy to be here. It is a real pleasure. You had a blast of courage today with a little thing why don't you tell us about that real quick before we get into the meat of this yeah 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 so I'll leave names out um for the sake of uh, confidentiality I was at a luncheon and I glanced at my phone you know it is so rude to be sitting at a table with people and on your cell phone right the text that came through just happened to catch my eye because it was from someone that a lady that I hadn't talked to in like at least a year, and she was letting me know about her concern about a celebrity who just had life happen to them, and she said, Zandra, I just believe you are the person to help this lady, and I was like, what? Okay. See, old Zandra would have said, wait, who am I? But this Zandra stepped into her courage boots and got the I could not get home fast enough to get to my computer, to do some searching, to find contacts for this celebrity, and I found not one, but both agents, and I sent both of them a very warm and concerned but strong email that acknowledged this person and her transparency and shared with them that I am a certified divorce recovery coach and just let them know that while I appreciate her transparency I also know that I am the person to help her with this part of her life recovery and that is something and that I would never have done before but today I was like, oh, no, 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 today, Zandra is walking in courage. She is showing up because I know that there are people out there that are hurting that need to know that you can overcome life that has happened to you. You can heal and you can go forward, yes, grow forward and live a a, a life that is full of joy, happiness, peace, and love, all of that. So, that was my cur- moment of courage today. Seriously, that was that was. I'm still amazed. <laughs> That's so awesome, and that may become my new question. Instead of what encouraged me, you. my new question may be, "What was your moment of courage today?" You know what? You may have started a new thing here. You know what? Let's you, go right ahead. Go with that. Ahead. Let go it. Let go it. And, and the thing about it is, you know, then people may say. Well, I don't think I was courageous today. Listen, if you put one foot in front of the other, for some people, that in and of itself took courage because everybody is either overcoming something or on their way to something. So it, it is a by the day, sometimes by the hour kind of thing. If you stood with you, alongside your child or your spouse or a parent or a sibling and loved them through something today, that takes courage. You know, anybody who's an entrepreneur knows how much guts it takes to reach out to random people and try to, quote-unquote, sell yourself to them, whether you're a speaker or a coach or a web designer or a you know, photographer, whatever it is. And so not only to reach out to some random person, but some random celebrities, you're kind of a big deal, Zandra. <laughs> well, you know what? If I don't think so, then who will? And if I don't do it, well, I just believe that I've been called to do it. So if I'm supposed to serve her then that will happen. And if not, then perhaps there's someone else that they are also an age of four that I am supposed to serve. And therefore now right. they will know. You know, we just never know. And it will never happen if we don't step into our courage and take that step. We will never know. What is the worst thing that could happen? They don't respond? Okay, that's all right. Because guess what? They'll get another email from me next week, same time. <laughs> same email. <laughs> You're a I didn't have I'm them on that. my calendar. So let's back up a couple of years. You have not always been a divorce recovery coach. So right. tell us your story. Where did this all begin for you, and where has courage played a big part in your life? Oh, my God. Courage is all over it. I didn't see it as that. I actually was in oil and gas because I live in Houston, Texas, the old country, right? And um, I actually was managing an um, aviation fuel brand. And divorce happened to me. Lots of things happened to me. My story is riddled with um, molestation, with physical abuse, with emotional abuse, mental abuse, financial abuse, you name it. And the marriage blew up after 11 years. Blew up. I blew up. He blew up. It was. It's a wonder we all still here. But in the midst of my own recovery from all of that that happened, because if I tell you, I struggled with depression Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of what is tomorrow, fear of can I raise my sons who are now like um, 23 and 17? Can I raise them? Can I pay a mortgage? Can I do a car? I I was afraid of everything. So there was depression, there was anxiety, there were fears. I had suicidal thoughts because of things that I had done and said and didn't do and didn't say and things that were said to me and done. I mean, everything I began to feel like it would just be easier for me. And I had a plan. Because I didn't want my sons to believe that their mother committed suicide and have them caught in a spiral of, oh, my God, was it something that I did or didn't do? You know, I just didn't want them in that place. I decided that I would drive my car at a high rate of speed into a concrete barrier. And that way, it just looked like I lost control of the car. Well, that kind of never happened, or it, just, it never happened. It kept being, okay, not today. Okay, tomorrow, and tomorrow that tomorrow never came. So, gratefully, Good. I'm still here, and I, <laughs> Amen. You know, and I know that that is for a reason. And so, it was in the midst of my recovery that I heard it just as clear as I hear you and I talking now. He said, Doctor, this is what I have for you to do. And I was like, wait, what? Um, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. The people going through divorce are hurting. They're angry. They're mad. They're whining. You know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. And I said, well, you know what? Give me another assignment, and I'll, I'll wait on you. And he said, no, I'm waiting on you. So you just come on when you're ready. So I wrestled with it for a little bit, and finally I, I gave in to it, and I embraced it. And that's where I met you at the John Maxwell Training program as I was getting certified and really learning what it means and and how to really coach people uh, with integrity and passion and heart and love and without judgment and bias. And so that's where it started. But in the courage to do all of that was, you know, I mean, all of it took courage, right? But, of course, again, I didn't see it that way. But as of late, I felt like the biggest courage for me was leaving that 20-year career Stepping full time mm. into entrepreneurship or ministry or, you know, whatever we want to call it. Because, yes, I'm a certified divorce recovery coach. Leaving the company of that. And when I heard him say it, I was like, wait, Lord, now you do realize. They pay my mortgage. You just got me with this nice new car, and really, this is is what we're going to do? This is how I talk with him, you know. I'm just like mortified. I was like, wait. And some changes happened there at the office, and as those changes were happening, you know, I I didn't take too kindly to you coming to me telling me you're changing my position. So I was like, wait, what? You know, and instantly he said, don't be mad at her. I told you it was time for you to leave. Now it's time to go. So, I stepped back into my curbs Boop, and I got to step it. <laughs> it was the most uncomfortable um, situation I've ever been in. As of late anyway. And um, after doing that um, through, that was July of last year. And even this year, um, my business has grown more in the first quarter of this year than the last year to year and a half. It's clear, you know, that if you just kind of do what he's telling you to do, doctor, it's okay. Just trust him a little bit more, you know. And so so uh, it, it just feels like this whole journey. I mean, being a mom, geez, a voice. Well, oh, young man, I should say, that in and of itself is just courage every day. So yeah. that's a long answer to your question, Ian. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's the answer I was looking for. You talk about putting on your courage boots, and I like, I like that metaphor for the times where you have to take yourself by the shoulders and say, all right, let's go. Early on in your divorce journey, what was an example of a time you had to put on your courage boots and move into a better place? That that was scary and uncomfortable. You know, there were there were days in that I mean I just felt completely invisible, like nobody knew I just nobody scared. And you know how they the, the story of digging yourself into a a hole and they tell you all you gotta do is look up and if you look up you can get up. In my opinion, I wasn't even worthy of looking up, and so it took courage to actually roll myself over and be able to look up and admit to myself that I needed help, that I needed support, that I needed to allow myself to be vulnerable enough, just enough to be able to walk into that counselor's office or that therapist's office to say, I need to sign up a position to be able to look my son's in the face and say, no, we're going to be okay. You know, to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And um, that in and of itself, we'll start with that. Being able to look myself in the mirror, what I realized was that for the longest of time, you know how usually when you go to a bathroom, you wash your hands, there's a mirror right there, right? I realized that usually whenever I would stand and wash my hands, I would never, I could not look myself in the eyes. Because the last time I did, all I saw was hurt and guilt and shame and embarrassment and humiliation and ugly, and it was just not a good feeling. So when I would look in the mirror, I would look just above or just below my ears, never looking self-like eye to eye. You could put your makeup on. You know where your face is, right? But I just <laughs> could not look myself. I know that sounds kind of right, but I could definitely put my makeup on. But I could not look myself in the eye. And the day that I actually stood in the mirror and looked myself in the eyes, tears and all, flowing, that was probably one of the most courageous days and courageous moments. Because if you think back, I was riddled with guilt, riddled with fear, depression, suicidal thoughts, mother of sons, trying to do this thing called life, now divorced, feeling hellbound and definitely condemned about plenty of people and judged. And I stepped into the courage of being able to look myself in the mirror and actually forgive myself and learn to love that version of me. Now, I'm not her now, but at that point, I had to learn to like her and then to love her and forgive her. And that was probably one of the biggest moments of courageousness for me. Yeah. And, and it's funny because when you think of courage, you think of big moments like running into a burning building to save your kid or right. you know, leaving an abusive marriage. And this was a quiet, alone moment mm-hmm. that nobody else was there. So what got you into those boots that day? I don't know. I I think it was more like um, a nudge to look. Just look. Feel safe enough to just look. And it was one of those things where I told myself that, well, okay, I don't have to do it long. I'll just do it until I don't feel like doing it anymore. And the longer I stood there, the longer I could do it. And then once that moment ended, and then the next day, I could do it again and then again, and then again. And and it's one of those things where I even have clients now do it while we're on Zoom, and it is incredible how many people, they, they can't look. They look away. And I ask them, be very honest. If you can't look, just close your mirror, because usually we use a cosmetic mirror, and they always close it the first three to five times, every time. So I, I, I think that it was just a moment of where I felt the nudge of my heart, you know, and I really do. I've learned to come close to me, and and to listen to those whispers and and follow those gentle nudges that lead me to do something because there's something there. I've learned that there's definitely something there, and and that nudge or that whisper is definitely for a reason, and that reason has never failed. Following that has never failed yet. Wow. Well, your faith, I know, plays a big role in, in your courage, probably, in your life and the decisions mm-hmm. you make and the things that you do. But, but it sounds like you have kind of a like a very, casual is the wrong word, very, um, the few times you've talked about your conversation with God, you're saying, are you serious? Is that really what you want me to do? And, yeah. and so your faith isn't always immediate trust and immediate, and that's reality. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and so, so talk a little bit about that with, your, with courage and, and the need to trust that voice or when you don't. Well, during the darker days, the heavier the weight of uh, the divorce in my emotions with it all, I couldn't pray. I couldn't say God. I mean, it's a three-letter word. Who can't say God? I could not say it. Because I felt so unworthy, and and that went on for a while. I so wanted to be able to say, even just for myself. I was having a home built, and somewhere in an apartment, while the home was getting finished, and I had this chair in my room, and I I found a teddy bear there, and I said, you know what? This is God. This is going to be you for right now. This is just going to get me through this this phase, this stage I'm in, so that I can start to have a conversation with you. And so I could not do this God thing with the Lord oh, God. I had to, uh-huh. he, he had to become this little teddy bear. He was a cute little teddy bear. I don't even know what a bear is. The bear probably ran off. He was <laughs> like, oh, God, crazy. crazy. <laughs> Too <laughs> so much pressure. In that, those conversations with God being that bear, that I was able to find this closeness, that I was able to begin this new affectionate relationship where he met me in that place clearly not as a teddy bear, but as a loving father to his daughter in whom he delights, right there in that place. And what he showed me was is I one, one Friday night, and I shared this in my book, Better Than Okay, one Friday night after my sons had left to go to their dad's for the weekend, it was just the hardest Friday night ever. And it was that night that I sat there with that bear crying out, where are you? I don't understand how I got to this place and just talking about the pain of it and the hurt of it and how unreal and unbelievable and being angry with him and letting him know, I'm so mad at you because you let this happen and, you know, all this stuff. And that's how I developed this very casual, um, what I call real conversation with him. And it's just that casual as if it was me talking to my um, physical dad for my mom or a sister or brother. It, it's just that real, and I believe that that's how he really wants us to be. I mean, yes, honoring him, but being able to keep that conversation so real that if somebody was standing on the other side of the door, they would honestly think I was talking to another person in here. <laughs> you know, and and that, that is the way that I pray. That is how I talk to God and, and trust. Oh, my God. It's like I, I I mean, even when leaving last July, even when leaving the corporate gig, he was like, what do you mean they paid your mortgage? So that was me. You know, he's like, you uh, got this whole thing twisted. You think they paid it. I've been paying it. I've been paying for you for 47 years. What are you talking I give all these other people credit? You know, and I was like, oh, my God. Yes, God you know, your hair My bad. I am so sorry." <laughs> I have my been giving man. everybody else some credit. Yeah, mommy you know, I'm just like, Oh my god Well <laughs> no, and the and the beauty of this and this makes so much sense to me, is that making God a teddy bear, making God a a person that you can talk to makes yeah. him her, whatever not a all knowing, all seeing, all judging, you're going to hell kind of being. Yes. Yeah. And it makes it much more accessible and easier to trust, I would think, because especially when you're going through self-loathing and depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. you don't need more somebody looking down on you. Right. That—that that is when mm-hmm. it really became really real. I mean, and I had done church all my life, so you know, when you find yourself in the pit of despair and you can't pray and you can't say God, then really, that is when we really need to be getting closer to I Him. Mean, you just desperate for a way to do that, for a way to make him real, for a way mm-hmm. to understand that um, he was actually with me the entire time. That's why I'm still here. And that's what he showed me that Friday night. Sandra, I've been with you the whole time. I never moved. You just wouldn't let me in. And right. so that night, Charlie, I'm going sleep. I slept so good to the, the next day in the afternoon um, because it was just one of those, it was just an intense cry from a deep place that was just incredible, and yet at the same time, at the end of it, he was so loving and so comforting. You know, if you think about it, for me, it was like sitting with my granny, and granny was a big lady, of sitting with my granny with my hair on her chest, and she would just those fat fingers, she would just brush your hair with her fingers, and that was just like the safest place to be in so well, and that's where, that's where I was with God on that night. Mm -hmm. That is the gist of that space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so after that, um, Mm -hmm. obviously that looking in the mirror was that first step. How did you see courage manifest from from then going forward? You know, the reality that he's taken care of me for 47 years that I was in charge of absolutely nothing, that (laughs) people who thought they were in charge of me actually were not. So once I came to understand that, no matter what it is, if it's that okay, I need to get the lights are paid. How funny is it that a client shows up or a sale happens? They didn't know you needed it, and so you know the trust for me is just in the real understanding that everything that has ever come to me has not been from any anyone here. It's all been from source, whatever you want to call it—source, the universe, God the creator, whatever you want to call it. It just came through those avenues, those tools. And now, even today, I now say thank you in advance. And I work to feel that really, or I relax into feeling that great feeling. Let's say, for instance, you want a new car. Well, Zandra will print the logo or the emblem that's on the middle of that steering wheel and I'll put um, clear package tape on both sides and stick it on the steering wheel of the car, and I'm driving, and I'm feeling good, honey, because in my mind, I'm driving that car, and I'm saying thank you, and oh, my God, this feels so good. I put myself in a place of feeling the best as I can about whatever it is that I'm seeking, whether it's clients, whether it's a car, whether it's a new home, whether it's a new pair of boots, or a bath or a vacation. I'm going to print that a vacation out and put it on my wall and my vision board. And I'm going to turn the fan on my face and be like, ooh, yes, this, this, this beachy breeze is good. <laughs> and it's that it's manifestation a, thing that people talk about. is like you're putting it into action. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And now you're taking all the lessons you learned, and not only in your studies but in your life, and turning it around to help other people build the courage to get through divorce and thrive. Thrive is my favorite word. Oh, my God, I love that word. It just feels good when you say it, thrive. It just of tickled a little bit. That is, that is my mission. That is my calling. That is my purpose. I am so passionate about helping people, exposing people to the courage that they have within because when you're in it, you're in this fog, and it's hard to see anything. Let alone courage. Courage is like a big word, and it's like no, I don't even know how to spell that. So, when what I do, I have several tools. I have the workbook, and I also have my signature coaching program called Thrive. And I walk alongside clients, and as they do their work, and truly begin to see and get clarity on what's happened to them in the marriage. And sometimes it goes back to before the marriage, um, but definitely in the marriage and then life after the divorce is filed, and then maybe even depending on how far down the line they are, life after divorce. But really, it's a matter of exposing people to the healing that is theirs right there, the fact that they have all the answers to every question about their situation. Now some answers we're never going to get, because we'll never know why he or she did what they did or said or whatever. Some of that we'll never get, but it's learning how to move forward in spite of not getting that message. because chances are knowing more about that is not going to do anybody any good, not one bit. So really I just help people understand the courage that they possess and how to access that and move through it and heal and overcome and grow forward so they can thrive. Absolutely. Is your approach a faith-based approach? It depends on the person. Okay. It depends on the The workbook is definitely face-based. When I'm working with clients, except that they ask me, Alexandra, did you experience this? It's because their work and what they are doing with me is not about me. It's about them. And so I don't spend a lot of time talking about my story or what I've been through. I spend all my time talking about what they've been through. And if, you know, if in the interview process they've mentioned God or, or stated that they, you know, one of their things is they want to grow stronger mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, or if they're just interested in the mentally and emo, mental and emotional aspect, then that's where we go. What is your book again? Better Than Okay is a short read about my story, The Dark Days, that led up to it and that day, and then the days thereafter. That was April of 2017. And then in July of 2018, I released my divorce recovery workbook titled Journey to Better Than Okay. And that is seven chapters. I suggest and recommend um, a chapter a week of the participant working through their story, not about the X, all about the participant themselves. And in, in this workbook is being taught at churches here in Houston, at community organizations. It's been taught at Elevation Church in Charlotte, North Carolina University campus. But we, I also teach it one-on-one, and I use a boot camp program because, you know, one of the things about it is it's not easy to do, and it hurts because, you know, you are having to remember some things. You're having to own the role that you played. And in boot camp, it's pretty simple. On Monday, the participant texts me, hey, Zondra, I'm starting on page 5. And on Friday, they text back and say, ending this week on page 30. And then Monday, it starts all over again. So if we don't hear from them by Tuesday morning, then we're sending a text in, hey, how are you? What's going on? And then that starts the dialogue, and it allows us to encourage them and hold them accountable um, to continue doing their work to get through Chapter 1 all the way through Chapter 7. So, so those are the two books. And then I have the program, Thrive, that is online. I do that in groups. Um, I have an online option as well. And then I also have an, a one-on-one where I meet with the client each week or every other week for an hour session. Wow. From going from somebody who couldn't look at themselves in the mirror to somebody who's creating all of this program and putting it out there in the world, I am so impressed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne. And, you know, I just kept asking. I'm one person. How am I supposed to do this? And he said, "Call churches." And so I, you know, as a church comes to mind, I call them. I email. I dig and find their email information with the workbook. I said, "I'm one person," and he said, "Certify." And I was like, "Wait, certify? What do you talk about?" Oh, Oh, said, yeah, it's not about who you are, but who I am. I said, certify. So I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? So I started doing some research, and I found a couple of people who were certifying people to teach their books. And I was like, really? Okay, yeah, I can do it. Okay. So I wrote my certification program, and now I have a young lady certified in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have a young lady certifying in Tampa, Florida. I've got one here in Houston. I've got one working on it in Dallas these are people who have gone through divorce and have been looking for an opportunity and a way to give back and help other people. And there are churches that don't have a divorce recovery ministry, but do want it, but just didn't know where to go. There's only one other option out there. And I'm just like, wow, seriously? Okay, guys, let's go. It can't fail (laughs) because it's not me, it's you. And you've made over... 7,000 promises, so I'm trusting you to keep your promises, okay? Okay, thank you. You know, okay, okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, but thank you, Ann. I appreciate that. No, I'm just impressed. I'm trying to finish my book and just knowing how to get that one thing off the ground, let alone, you know, full boot camp program and certification program and a workbook and all of that. I'm just, <laughs> I just am like, oh, she's done it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you now I don't say, okay, God, what well, now? I'll say that in the because every time I say it, he answer in, and then i got to do something else. So right yeah. now I'm just like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm not asking any more questions except, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> and that's about how long that lasts, you know? <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So if you had any advice, one piece of advice for somebody who's in the depths of it, can't look themselves in the mirror, feeling awful about their future, if you had one piece of advice to help them jam those courage boots on their feet and get started in a positive direction, what would that piece of advice be? Call Sandra at 832 832- <laughs> <laughs> and you do not have to delete that. I put a sign on my car, okay? Yes, I sure did. I put the door magnet on my new car, and it says, Divorce is not the end. You can heal and overcome. Text I am ready to, and then my phone number. Yes, ma'am. Cause I asked that question. God, how are we gonna tell my people? He says, i drugs have hurt people all day, every day. So I was like, what? Oh my God! You are so right. Okay, so I went on Mr. Print, and or and and guess what? Mr. Print was doing their magnus half off. I was like, what? <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Dad. I appreciate that. (laughs) And even if you text me at that number, what you would get is a a, a reply that says, thank you for your message. Please feel free to check out my website at www.majormarks.org. And I'll put all this information in the comments, too. Or click this link to schedule a complimentary um, session with me, and let's talk about your situation and the opportunities where I know that I can add help to help you heal and overcome the hurt. And so it's not anything that, you know, you got to sign up and pay. No, it's really an opportunity for people, because people don't know that divorce recovery is a real thing, and it really is. Yeah. And so that text is simply to introduce them to divorce recovery, to let them know that they do have options for healing and in- I know we coming down. That's great.
0: And the, and the message there, I mean, obviously, I've, Zandra's one of my favorite people. I
1: met her. I only spent, what, two and a half days in the same room with you, and, like, we're yeah. still friends four years later. And I know that you've got skills to help. But that main piece of advice is get help. If it Zandra? Yeah. if it somebody else? Whether, you know, yeah. whether it's divorce recovery or addiction recovery or just depression, yeah. mental illness, a- anything, Get the yeah, Just take a step. Yeah. Take a step. Whether it's sending an email, whether it's sending somebody a text, just don't stick in. It because you do yourself no good. Change only mm-hmm. happens when we are really willing to change. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love it. That's I think like your me. story is so inspirational. And thank you for sharing it with us. And thank you for being in my world and growing and being an absolute bright light of inspiration out there. I'm, I'm, I didn't know this whole development I'm so excited. <laughs> I know I was like this is probably new news for Anne but yes <laughs> so you are more than welcome Anne. Thank you again for the opportunity to um, be on your platform. This is incredible so I'm, I'm honored to be able to call you friends and look forward to one day wrapping our, our arms around each other and just hugging and loving ourselves, you know, through to our next level. Because that absolutely. is going to happen. <laughs> it absolutely is. I'm going to see you on some famous talk show as, as the Divorce Recovery Coach to the Stars soon. So I'm very, very, uh, I'm very excited about that. We'll put all Zandra's phone number and social media and website and information on the book and everything in the comments so people can get in touch with you. Um, But again, thank you so much for your time today and your honesty and transparency. You
0: are so welcome.